Happy New Year, Action Fanatics. Chris the Brain here with you with another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. And, of course, joining me, my dear, close, personal friend, Chad Cruz. Happy New Year, Chad. Happy New Year to you, uh, friend, brother, uh, fellow action lover. It It is good to be with you once again. Another year on the Bulletproof Podcast. And joining us... Once again, in the guest chair, it is our good friend, Ryan Campbell. Ryan, welcome back. Yes, kicking off 2023 with uh, me in the guest chair. That's probably the first of many trips I'll be in this chair this coming year. I'm sure that is the case, and uh, I hope you guys had a wonderful holiday season. I'm I'm sure your kids were spoiled. Of course. I know I was personally spoiled. Yeah, they, they, they made out pretty well. Um my uh my ex uh came down with covid so i ended up having them for like 14 days straight and as much as i love my kids <laughs> i was worn out by the time the you know two weeks around christmas time uh i needed the 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 days off to recoup did you uh did you fake a test afterwards like oh darn i guess i'm sick now no no just oh. uh, just just kept getting through it <laughs> it ate me out of house and home i have no food no money yeah of course <laughs> Yes, it, it was a COVID Christmas for sure for some. Um, you know, one thing we always talk, tell everybody about, Chad, is to visit BulletproofAction.com because we got stuff on there all the time. We do. And I thought, you know, with it being the, the first episode of 2023, we would look back at the, before we got into our topic today, the top 10 posts on BulletproofAction.com in 2022. Are we ready, gentlemen? This should be interesting. I, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of a certain type of post on this list. I agree, yes. Well, yes, but I'll tell you this. I consolidated. So, oh, okay. so, so yes. But uh, So number 10, it was a 10 things you didn't know. One of our most popular features, mm-hmm. Death Wish for the Crack uh-huh. oh, I'm sure you were happy to put that on the list. Happy to see Charles Bronson on the list. People love Charles, even even in death. He's still beloved. And especially in Death Wish. Ooh. I know. He's been quite a pick for you in Bulletproof Gladiators. I didn't think that he would be such an all-star. Well, you thought wrong. I know. I underestimated him. Bronson's got power. Number nine, Sniper Rogue Mission. Excellent. Our good friend Chad Michael Collins, uh, you know, taking the Sniper franchise in a different direction, but uh it's a big hit, especially last month when it premiered on Netflix. Really picked up some last-minute momentum. I I saw it was not only a big hit for us, but it was a huge hit for Netflix because it it, it kind of hung out in that top ten for quite some time. Quite so some it's, time, yeah. It's good to see. It's good to see him with a with a hit on his hands. Here's a one where it was a little bit of a surprise. I mean, I knew it did well, but Treasure Hunters, Shaw Brothers, classic, Alexander Fusheng, my boy. Bringing it number eight. That is a surprise. That was a, that was probably the most surprising one on the list. Number seven, ranked, Chuck Norris: The Cannon Years. Ooh, that was a big feature. It's good it, to see that on the list. Certainly was Chuck Norris again. 
did quite well for us uh, all year long, and he always does. Number six, our coverage, or our, I should just say Ryan's coverage of Andor, but most especially episode 10 really, really brought the people in. That's Do you remember what episode 10 was? Episode 10 was the episode before the penultimate episode. So that was the final of the prison <laughs> arc. So mm-hmm. they, 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 it was kind of broken up into like a three part premiere another three-parter and then like there was a one off in between and then there was a two-part finale so that was the end of the prison arc which is a really good episode all right that's kind of crazy because i remember when there was a big hubbub around you know social media writers yeah early on it it wasn't doing anything it wasn't doing anything across the board people that that they make their living on doing youtube you know reactionary videos and all their stuff like andor stuff was just not the algorithm was not you know favoring it so that's cool to see it bounce back and do well and end up in the top 10 list here's a controversial one from our good friend chad cruz terror on the prairie Mm. you know those things get people wound up chad cruz was that controversial i don't i don't think anything i don't think it was as controversial itself i don't think it was but the actress in the production studio okay there we go fair enough yeah that's what yeah daily wire media stuff is what makes it all controversial well, you know, at least it uh, at least got some clicks. It did. It that's all did. I care about. That's all. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's the name of the game here. Um, number four, Accident Man, Hitman's Holiday. Excellent. Scott Adkins. It was a very good sequel. I think it, it actually surpassed the original, in my opinion. How about this one, number three? This one has had almost all year to to accumulate this because it was Panama which I believe was a Mel Gibson movie that uh, our old friend RTG reviewed back when RTG was reviewing movies for bulletproofaction.com okay. before his sabbatical. This is number two. This is number three. Number three. Wow. I don't even remember this movie. This was That's very, all. very early on in uh, okay. probably January, February of last year. Well, fantastic. Here is another one from the Ryan Campbell collection. Number two, the terminal list. Yeah, that, that was a, that was a surprising one as well. I mean, a lot of the, the prime shows tend to do well. And I guess uh, Chris Pratt as a star definitely brings in some clicks. But yeah, it definitely kind of jumped up and surprised a lot of us with how, how well it did. Now, now, now yeah. based on how many shows you've watched, Ryan, do you remember the Terminal List at all? Um, I mean, I remember like the premise. I couldn't tell you, okay. you know, like distinct action beats, but, you know, military kind of like Jack Ryan-esque, but with Chris Pratt as a suffering ex you know military but it did a lot of really cool things with kind of the idea of getting out of that mode and how dealing with you know ptsd and the way that soldiers are when they come home so it it, it tried to do a lot of interesting things so it was it, it stuck it stuck out in that way but yeah it was somewhat forgettable okay and number one and this should be no surprise to anybody here on this uh show and possibly some of you who listen keenly to what we say uh this one by far was our coverage of house of the dragon most specifically episode eight was a a huge huge win uh for the site and uh that game of thrones they did not uh, chase all the fans away after that last season yeah we were wondering about that because i mean game of thrones was a big drive driver force you know years ago when when it was on and we were wondering if it would be the same for the spinoff and uh i mean really from the get-go i mean it had it had a great premiere which definitely helps to kind of rein everybody back in but 
by the end of the first episode, even collectively people that had been, you know, saying they would never watch it were like, all right, I'm in. And the, the viewership kind of reflected that on the articles as well. Yeah, that was, again, by far the biggest hit for us on BulletproofAction.com. I didn't watch it, but I'm sure I'm in the minority there. I know you watched it, Chad Cruz. I did. I loved it. Uh, I loved Ryan's coverage of it, and, and I'm glad he did it because I wasn't always up to date on the episodes, but I always caught up to him eventually. And I, I think that, the you know, like you said, the, the premiere of the show really exploded and people were uh, – pleasantly surprised how good it was but you know it returned to the book material and when you return back to the to the book material you have a pretty good uh pretty good footing you know they've it's it's all there written down so uh even the parts uh that they kind of filled in the gaps uh it was very good so i'm looking oh, yeah. forward I, to more seasons i was sending reviews to brain at like one or two in the morning we were getting those things in as, as soon as possible oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'd I'd be on on alert on those late Sunday nights to be ready to uh, to capitalize on the popularity and the momentum, and it worked out. So there you go, our top ten post on bulletproofaction.com. And again, we encourage you to always check out the site, um, and of course, you could follow us on social media to know what's going on on the site. That's at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter and at Bulletproof Action on Facebook and Instagram. And we are going to take a quick break, and when we return. We are going to be talking about Romeo Must Die right after this. Back here on the Bulletproof Podcast, Chris the Brain, Chad Cruz, and Ryan Campbell. And Chad, up to this point, you're on episode, I believe, 84. We have not talked about a Jet Li movie. And then you decided, in your infinite wisdom, that we would talk about Romeo Must Die, one of his more uh, mainstream films. Yeah, you know, you you brought it up to me recently that uh, we hadn't yet covered a, a Jet Li film, and and uh, while that seemed a bit surprising, um, I guess it wasn't all that surprising because you know I'm I'm not the biggest fan of his uh, his American films that he made, um, but uh, when, when you're going to cover something from Jet Li, I think, and if you're going to co- cover an English film. That's not called the Expendables. I think that you start with Romeo Must Die because uh, you know past his small scene and there uh, few scenes in Lethal Weapon Four. This is really his first big role in American cinema. Well, and you got to believe he got that opportunity uh, in great part due to due to Jackie Chan and how he kind of exploded just a few years earlier. Mm-hmm. Finally, with first Rumble in the Bronx, but then really Rush Hour cemented jackie chan as a star in america um so it was not really a surprise that hollywood went looking for other hong kong superstars and jet Li certainly qualified there so romeo must die hit theaters on march 22nd 2000 opening credits feature dmx and that's not the only time we'll uh, have some dmx content in this movie Oh. Just the whole, everything about that early 2000s time, like the fonts that were used, the music that was played <laughs> in the background, like the the clothing. Oh man, what a time to be alive it was in cinemas in early 2000s. And yeah, you could, you, you could probably play that opening credit scene and be like, okay, I'll give you two guesses. What year did this come out? In? Oh, I would, I would have said, yeah, <laughs> I would have said 2000 to 2002, clearly. Yep. Within that oh range, yeah. That's what I would have said. So things kick off at the club. Uh, we've got women making out on the dance floor, uh, which was 
quite provocative. Uh, and we see Poe Sing, and uh, he's there with a, a young lady and uh, just kind of chilling there, but kind of doesn't fit in with the, the rest of the clientele at this club. Um, so he's getting hassled to leave. Uh, and that's when Kai, played by the one and only Russell Wong. When, I, I love Russell Wong. I think he's underrated. He, he's great in everything I've ever seen him in. Um, but Kai and, and some of his boys show up. Uh, and but the the club security, they uh, step up to Kai and in his company there, Chad, and, and we get ourselves a little bit of a brouhaha to kick things off. Yeah, we do. But I I really want to touch on that women making out scene real quick. Please uh, do. That yeah. was some hot hot shit. And I haven't seen this movie in quite <laughs> some time, and uh, I don't recall this part. Uh, There's most of the movie I didn't recall. It's been some years since I've watched it. Um, but yeah, that opening sequence was wonderful. And I'm talking about the two girls making out. Right. Um, well, like, like the you movie s- never goes there again. That's the part that's so weird about it. Like you're opening, you're like, whoa, we're getting into it. It's going to be one of those kind of movies. <laughs> and then it just never, like no one even touches each other for the rest of the movie. <laughs> that's true. There's like a, a real like uh, attempt to not be sexual later in the film. But yeah, this opening sequence is fantastic. They're in the club. Obviously, it's a you know it's like a, a black club or something. And uh, I think the movie takes place in California, Oakland uh, area. Oakland. There we go. Yeah. So as you say, Poe uh, looks a lot, little out of place. Him and his gals and and security and the crew come up and they try to run him out. And uh, next thing you know, Kai is having to whoop that ass. Yeah, but then uh, things get a little escalate with when a bunch of guns come out, and that's when. We get the wisdom of Mr. Mm. DMX himself, who plays Silk, who is the owner of this club. They should have just—he should have been DMX. They should why, uh, why give uh, him he, a generic name? It should just he, he DMX owns this club. He basically was uh, or like Demarcus Maxwell Xavier. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. I like it. And yeah, he he hits the the guns don't kill people. People kill people. Uh, and then basically. If you if you're an Asian, you need to leave the club. Uh, yeah. So they're out. Uh, Kai talks to Poe. He's like, "What were you doing there?" Apparently, there's been we we kind of get established that there's been some friction between the gangs in Oakland. Uh, and you know what? What the hell would you be doing there? That's uh, the lamest description of gang warfare I've ever heard. <laughs> there's been some friction amongst the gangs in Oakland. <laughs> friction, really. Well, yeah, they want to, you know, they want to escalate sort of yeah, they didn't escalate until now because now it's more than just because now Poe ends up dead. And it was Kai's job to keep him alive. So Kai, you suck at your job, apparently. I tell you what, when those girls were kissing, there was some friction going on with me. I'm, uh, yes, I, I imagine there was. I imagine there was. Um, so yeah, Poe's dead. He's hung up, strung up, dead. Poe's father... Chu Sing, who I, you know, I, for, I, again, like you, I had not seen this movie in so long that I just was like, wait a minute, Chu Sing, this guy was the abbot, the friendly, kind abbot in American Shaolin, which I've seen countless times between my Romeo Must Die viewings. So it was a bit off-putting to see him as this gangster. Yeah, it's always unfortunate when someone's uh, life as an abbot leads towards crime well i don't think he was the same character chad oh okay just the same actor gotcha now i'm following you thank you all right uh we meet the other 
gangster in this equation, at least another head of the family. We get Isaac, played by Delroy Lindo, and he is uh, chatting with Mac, Isaiah Washington. And uh, Isaac, though, is looking to go legit, Chad Cruz. Yeah. This is a tale as old as time with these monsters. It really is. You know, you get to a certain point in your career, you're, you're a businessman, then you kind of go into crime or you're in crime and you go into business. Either way, uh, it's all about money, right? And his family, he raises his family along the way and he realizes at a certain point in his life, he's, it, he's got to make a change. And it's good to see. Uh, I'm happy that he's playing golf. I love the game of golf. I'm happy that he's trying to go straight. He's got uh, two children, at least, that I know of. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that the deal that he's he's working on um, is what's going to really push him onward and, and upward from this life of crime into into this new lifestyle of being, you know, just being a legitimate businessman. It's, it's all going to work out, I think. That Well, uh, you're a very optimistic gentleman. Thank uh, you. So Isaac, yeah, he's got this big deal in the works. Obviously, it involves Chu as well. So uh, with Chu's son being killed, you know, and there being the tensions that I talked about, obviously, Isaac is maybe, and his people are going to be the prime candidates for who strung up Poe. And it's, it's, you know, very tense situation. But as far as Chu goes, business is going to happen. Um, so that tells you maybe a little, maybe a little foreshadowing there. I don't know. Um, but Mac promises he's going to find out who, who's doing this killing. Um, but now we go all the way across the world, Chad Cruz to Hong Kong and, uh, in Hong Kong. Exactly. Where Han Jet Li gets the news about his brother and, uh, things get messy for old Han in the prison. That's right. If I've learned nothing, the easiest way to escape from prison is to start a fight that, that would get it done. Mm-hmm. Either you'll get put in some sort of, you know, situation outside the normal controls and you've got some more options. Uh, it's just movies have taught me anything. It's how to escape from prison. If I ever end up there. Yeah. And I mean, he's, you know, it doesn't seem like it's going to be easy because they have him hanging upside down, Chad. And yeah. Right then and there, I mean, that would incapacitate most people, but uh, most people aren't Han. Yeah, with a name like Han, he he has to be quite badass because, as Ryan can uh, attest to, that's a pretty cool name uh, in, in movie lore. That's right. And, they always hand those out. Right, and 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 Jet Li is pretty badass in this film, as you say. He he gets dragged away by the guards. He's hung, hanging from his his feet or something. Uh, and that's where the action begins for Jet, and that's where I start to question what I'm watching, because it's kind of silly, isn't it? And you get that part. You, you get that X-ray vision just that one he's, time. He's like, like bouncing off the walls, and it's kind of dumb. It just looks- the funny. The funny part is we get the X-ray vision. I think there's like three times in the movie we yeah. get it. And they're all just you can tell to kind of explain how a seemingly innocuous hit. <laughs> yeah incapacitated this person like when we see it later apparently like a bone breaks and goes into someone's heart they're like (laughs) they're not like this drastic like crazy thing they're like okay this is what happened or his entire spine collapsed that's why he's dead here you go 
that was very much a Sonny Chiba, like yeah. X-ray, like punch to the chest and explodes your fucking heart. Like that's what, that's what it reminded me of. Yes. Me too. Me too. Um, so I, I enjoyed that, but I, I, it seemed very wire foo-ish when it didn't need to be is that, that was kind of where I was coming from, you know? That was what's sold right now, though. They had to be on wires. I know. I know. Yeah, we got to remember the time frame. Uh, that was yeah, still pro- and it still was kind of a new gimmick, I think, for American audiences anyway. So they were probably into it. Um, and yeah, and then once he gets gets out of there, he just gets a, a uniform uh, and basically strolls right out. He doesn't really have too much resistance. One guard is very interested where he's going, and he wants him to place a bet for him. Yeah. Another good trope, the uh, uh, the last 5% of getting away with whatever you're getting away with, and the person's like, hey, wait, yeah, I forgot this, or something like that. <laughs> and hey, if you're in Ohio, I think you could place these bets now yourself. But, I may uh, have heard that. I think uh, all yeah. three of us may have heard that. Oh, my I've God. seen that a few places. <laughs> if only they knew my my past and my history with, uh, with uh, sports betting, they would stop advertising to me. <laughs> But Chad, for a $5 bet, you can get $200 back in free bets. I don't want in. Please keep, please stop asking me. Parlays are allowed, you bastards. Uh, All right. Well, that that's news from Ohio, but we've got, uh, he gets out. He he also got a bike. There was a bike out in the yard and he just rides away on it. So. Uh, he does not go. I don't believe he rides the bike all the way to America. I b- do believe he gets a plane in between. Although we cannot confirm that. We cannot. He just shows up. Yeah, we just see him at the airport. Things. We just see him at the airport. He could have rode the bikes to it's the like airport. Eighteen months later, and he's like showing up, and he's like <laughs> fifty pounds lighter, <laughs> so, huge calves. He, yes, he would. He would. Um, so now. Right. We get Isaac and Chu. They're they're meeting. Um, you know, he's. I'm going to look into this murder, Chu. And again, this is where Chu basically says, "Don't worry about." You know, obviously he's upset, but our business will continue. So yeah, Isaac uh, has now though is worried about his own kids, and as you said, Chad, he has a, a son and a daughter. So he has Mac uh, arranged for 24 hour protection for both uh, Colin and his daughter Trish, played by Aaliyah. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Um, and Aaliyah's security is the one and only Maurice Anthony Anderson. Which that dude has sneakily had a very long career in yeah. Hollywood. He looks much better now than he did then. Yeah, he's uh, he's been around for a long time. And I have to imagine a lot of his lines in this film were improv. And he's he, probably he's like very, my, very freewheeling. Yeah. He's like, like my favorite part of the watch. movie. It's like when you go back and watch like scary movie or one of them or whatever, and uh, Anthony Anderson and like Kevin Hart are in it. You're like, that's Kevin Hart. <laughs> like, did he just disappear for like ten years before popping back up and being like the biggest star in Hollywood? It's all about timing in Hollywood, and you just never know what what's going to hit. And next thing you know, you're a made man or woman, as you were. So Maurice is. Trisha's security. She's not happy about that, though, Chad. She does not want a babysitter, and he basically doesn't really want a babysitter, but that's his job, so he does it. Um, and this is where we now see that uh, Han has arrived. Uh, again, we could presume he took a plane and did not ride the bike, but again, we don't know that for sure. Uh, we get a barbershop incident more volatile than the one with the rockers. 
That's true. That's very true. Yeah, this one, this one actually explodes. Right. Uh, as, long as, as long as that window gets shattered, that's oh, the, the window, everything got shattered. The, the yeah. inhabitants, um, and trying to escape out that window. We, we will find out later that this barbershop is one of many properties that is involved in this big deal uh, that is going down. And we start piecing that together. And actually in the barbershop, you get a little clue of it too, because they're talking about NFL expansion. Mm-hmm. They're talking about Oakland getting a team again. And uh, you know, that's all coming into play. Meanwhile, Han has found his way to a hardware store because why Why wouldn't you go to a hardware store? Yeah, why not? Uh, you can get everything you need for weaponry without drawing any suspicion. A little Harbor Freight action. Anywhere else, yeah, anywhere else you buy like a shovel, zip ties, and duct and tape. A, a bag of lines. Right. <laughs> so then he tries to get a taxi, but the driver, Akbar, is off duty and you know basically blows him off. But... Han's not going to let something like that deter him, Chad Cruz. No, no. It's a, you know, he's, his history of uh, being in prison has taught him one thing. That's how to hotwire a car. So Apparently, he, yeah. He steals this shit and then uh, just takes off. He does. And uh, while he's trying to get the hot wiring going, Trish is nearby doing a little music shopping. Uh, Maurice is in there also enjoying some tunes. And that's an opening for her to ditch him. She goes outside, hops in this taxi because well, that's what people do. They hop in a taxi, not realizing that uh, the guy behind the wheel just hotwired the damn thing. And he's not Akbar, despite claiming to be. Again, CD stores, though. Who remember CD stores? Right. I love a good CD store. I went to the, the exchange up here the other day, and you know what yeah. I saw? Sorry. Romeo Must Die on VHS. Damn. Along with many others, somebody parted with their pristine Jet Li VHS collection. And I almost felt like I should buy them because they look so nice, but I'm like, I don't have any need for these. Right. Hashtag physical media. I do love physical media. And I do have a VCR that I could play them in, but why would I? Yeah. I will buy a VHS if like that's the only form that this movie has ever taken. I, I have a hard time, you know, when I buy physical media these days, uh, I have like limitations, right? Is this movie available streaming? If it's readily available and it doesn't seem to be leaving that service, I may not buy it. Right. Or if the film is what I can deem to be too expensive, I will not buy it. Right. Well, so. it, it, there's not even, it's getting out of control to the point where now on like HBO Max, there were, I saw like, one of the Batman movies was like leaving this month. And I'm like, you own it. It's Warner brothers. What the hell? Right. Why is that going away? And uh, apparently now I, I saw something too, where like certain videos that people had bought on like YouTube, like bought paid three 99 or whatever to have it. They were not having access to anymore because those movies were like gone or something. It's yeah. I'm, I love the convenience of digital and streaming, but it's, it seems like in the past year, stuff like by month are leaving and going away and it's just it's become crazy i might have to hop on the train brain i just don't know where i'm gonna put all this shit physical media is the way to go absolutely. i mean again if it's something you absolutely feel you may have a need to watch at any point in the year and you love it you may as well own it what i what i enjoy about it most is the special features um, right i get a lot of content a lot of good content for the website uh, or decent content sometimes. 
and then a lot of enjoyment out of it. Um, even though I don't get an opportunity to watch as many films as I'd like to, uh, when I do, I, I like to dive deep into the movie, not just maybe watch it, but you know, get into some of them behind the scenes situations. Yes. Yes. Well, then Maurice now realizes that he's lost the person he's supposed to be watching. Uh, and we get a meta moment, Ryan Campbell. Ryan Campbell, are you still there, Ryan? We've lost Ryan Campbell. You did get a meta moment there. Yeah. I'm, I'm back. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear us? I can. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. For a second. This is riveting podcasting right now. <laughs> I said we get a meta moment when uh, Maurice realizes that Trish is gone. And that she looks just like R&B artist Aaliyah. Doesn't he make a reference to Aaliyah? Did I catch that yeah, at some right point? Right there. He says yeah, it. Yeah. I'm going gonna, 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 yeah. to find your Aaliyah looking ass. That's good. That's good stuff. Yeah. That's, that's like uh, Ocean's 12 when they dress her up as Jennifer Roberts. There you go. So Trish asks, you know, now we get some stereotyping. Because Trish asked Han if all people from Hong Kong know Kung Fu. Um, and I, I do believe he says they do. Um, he drops her off um, and gives her the money back because he's not a cabbie. Mm-hmm. And there seems to almost be a little bit of flirting going on. But again, it's not like, you know, as overt as the making out at the beginning of the movie here, Chad. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of funny you said that there's some uh, uh, stereotyping there. With mm-hmm. the uh, everyone knows kung fu, but at the same time, there's real stereotyping with how bad of a driver he is. <laughs> <laughs> so that was great. I love that. It was a good scene. Uh, but yeah, there's a there's a teeny bit of flirting. I think that they're both nice people, you know, mm-hmm. Brent. And uh, oh, I do too. I think that's pretty uh, much what they told each other. Is like, I think you're a very nice person. Yeah, and I, I you know, a little flirtatious. Movie As, Romeo. I think there's expectations that are somewhat set there about the the romantic side of the movie. Right, and and uh, we'll, I think we'll get into the title later, <laughs> hopefully, because yeah, there's definitely something lacking in this film. Hmm. Well, we now meet Mr. Roth, and uh, he's golfing with Isaac, and this is where he's the kind of the guy who's pulling in these these gangsters to help him make his dreams come true of owning this new NFL franchise. But what do NFL teams need? Chad Cruz, they need stadiums to play in. Oh, and, I was, uh, yeah. I was going to say uh, criminals to play for your team. All right. Okay. It's actually pretty ahead of its time. I mean, in the early two thousands, like this, they didn't use stadiums back then. They did, but nothing like nowadays. Now to the point, once Jerry Jones built that stadium down in, it became an arms race of who can build the most expensive, luxurious stadium that can host every event known to man. And it's become, you know, an arms race in regards to that. And, uh, and, you know, in the early two thousands, they were building stadiums that were meant to hold football games. And that's pretty much it. They weren't thinking about, you know, every other event known to man with six blocks of entertainment right. and restaurants and everything else. Like, it was a, the movie's a little ahead of its time there. Back then, the stadiums had character. Now they're just oh disgusting. Megatron's butthole. That's what they call the one down there in, in Georgia. Yeah. In that sounds about right. <laughs> well, now again, now this big deal is becoming. Now we know why they need this property. Now, and you know, gangsters will get you property 
maybe a little bit uh, by any means necessary. You don't have to go through all the proper channels. Uh, so you can understand why Roth has turned to these people. Um, now we get to meet Colin, who is the son of Isaac. And uh, he's like, he kind of drops a little bit of a bombshell. He talked to Poe the night that Poe died. And actually, the reason Poe went to Silk's club is because old Colin told him to meet him there because they were going to talk about something that was going to change the the, the war between yeah. between the gangs. So the friction. Bum, bum. The friction. Yeah, you got to lube up that friction area, that oh, friction geez. spot. Here we go. This is definitely one of the weirder points in the movie, and it felt, it's just, it's always weird when you have scenes that follow scenes with the same people talking, and they're in different environments. Like, you'll see, you know what I'm saying? Like, we see Isaac, I think, in, like, three straight scenes, and they're just conversations in different settings, and nothing happens in between to kind of, like, move the plot along. We're literally just having, like, conversations in different rooms and it just it just seems like a weird edit of the film like there was nothing they didn't have anything they had to just keep setting up whatever was going to happen next it was just a weird kind of act in the film that this whole just conversation after conversation with the same people yeah i think that with this movie especially having your 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 main actor uh him being jet lee not the uh the best english speaker at this point in his career or his life uh, he's not going to do a lot to drive the plot forward. So he's not in most of these scenes that really matter. Uh, he just kind of shows up and beats people up and then like goes about his business. And then the rest of the story just kind of moves along. Yeah. He's kind of just a reactionary character throughout he the is. whole thing. Um, and we do see Han. Um, he goes to Poe's apartment uh, looking for some clues. He has to break in, looks around a bit. Uh, kind of has a little flashback to to when the the two were were youngsters. Um, decides to hit the old redial button on the phone, which in today's right. world wouldn't even exist. Really, who has who has a phone? Whoa, what do you got against phones, man? I don't have any. I'm just saying, how many people even have like a house phone that you could be like, oh, let's let's hit the redial button on this gimmick, or or star sixty nine them. Oh, that sounds like. Mm. Oh, never mind. Hashtag 69. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And Don't but, look up that hashtag. Yeah, it's the redial, and it dials up Serpentine Fire, which is the the store that old Trish runs. Yeah. That seems odd. Does it not? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I, I know they mentioned that that name of the store comes from a song. Earth, wind, but, and fire, but it doesn't really make much sense in this. It, it doesn't have to. Maybe they just we did wanted... establish earlier though when she walks in and he's in the room and she's like, "Haven't I told you to stop doing work here yeah, or something right. like that?" Yeah, so they've so, somewhat yeah. of a, they've laid some yeah. groundwork there. Props to them for that. They did. They did. And and we get to see Trish though. She's not there. She's with Mac at the restaurant. So this is again one of those oddball scenes where it's it seems like Mac wants to you know he thinks he's the heir apparent and he just yeah. that she's basically part of the package. Like he's going to take over one day and naturally she'd be his wife or his lady. One of his ladies, because he's a Mac <laughs> Mac daddy. Yes. Big yes. Mac. All of that's true. And, and you know, I Mac, Oh man, there's just so many things in this movie that are interesting. 
Interesting. <laughs> and, and the way that they were all put together to make a one film. Uh, I'm not <laughs> a huge made, fan. If they made this movie today, Mac would be played by Sterling K. Brown. I can almost guarantee it. Yes. But although this dude does a good job, I forget his name, but Isaiah uh, Washington, Isaiah Washington. I think he does a good job. He's probably like, you know, along with Delroy Lindo, like the two most interesting characters in the movie. So they actually have reasons for doing what they're doing. I mean, Mac has like a, you know, he's pulling strings and he's, he's obviously not on the up and up. Like he's not a good dude. So, what he actually does makes sense. And he's not just like Han running around, like, you know, following phone calls and stealing cars and playing football and shit. So I don't know. I, I'm like torn when I watch this movie, because as much as I enjoy Jet Li, I just don't enjoy this movie. <laughs> well, it would make perfect sense that this is the one you chose then. <laughs> yes. to watch. Well, I told you I hadn't watched it in a long time. And you to be honest, reminded. I did. To be honest, I thought this was uh, when I said let's watch Cradle Roman to Stone, the Grave. I thought it was the one with Mark Dacascos. God <laughs> damn you, Chad! <laughs> this is this is about almost as bad as when you thought we were going to watch uh, Terror in Beverly Hills instead of the Terror mm-hmm. in Beverly Hills. We should um, be watching Terrifier Two. Is what okay. we should watch. Yeah, that get, that's getting a lot of play on this show. Um, <laughs> so, so Han now has taken a cab legally. To Serpentine Fire. Uh, and when he gets there, though, he's seeing Trish leave. So he has the cabbie follow her. Um, and uh, that's when he follows her to her apartment. And Han just comes on right on in, basically. And uh, asks, you know, why did my brother call your shop? This is where we get, you know, what you mentioned earlier, Ryan, that, uh, you know, her brother often does business at the shop, whether she wants him there or not. Um so maybe it was him. So, okay, well, when you talk to your brother, see what he knows. But at this point, Mo, Mo and the boys show up, Chad Cruz, but uh, they get uh, they get schooled in the art of Jet Li. They do. Yeah, Maurice. I mean, he's the comic relief of the film. You know, this movie where the guy was just hanging by his neck in a tree and people are dying. Uh, Maurice is really funny, though. And him and his buddies show up and they just get absolutely humiliated and uh, Trish is just kind of watching it and she's like kind of laughing and smiling and, you know, kind of like waving the little mini wave at Han as he's beating the shit out of these guys. Uh, The guys that were there to protect her, by the way. Uh, But yeah, it's a really funny scene. I, I, I mean, Anthony Anderson is, is funny. He's a physical comedy presence. Um, but Even better with Tom Arnold in Cradle to the Grave. It just doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. <laughs> we really should just stop this and go watch Cradle to the Grave. What do you yeah, think? We should have. Yeah, we should have. It's all right, though. We're, we're, we're getting there. So, yeah, Han even steals their SUV. So take that. I mean, that's just... But he's got places to go. He's got to get to his brother's funeral. Although he that's three go. strikes, Han. He shows up late. Um meets with his father um and now we get a little bit more why han was in prison because han is was a was a cop in hong kong from what i understand but just to rap for something here to protect his father and his brother who then used that opportunity to get the hell out of hong kong and move, make their way to america while han was rotting in a hong kong prison which is kind of a shitty thing to do but what are you going to do 
It wouldn't be the shittiest thing that Chu Sing does in this movie. I could, I could promise you that. Yeah, he's definitely not winning the Father of the Year award in this movie. No, he is not. Um, Han promised his mother that he would always take care of uh, Poe. Obviously, he didn't get that done, but he will now find out who <laughs> killed his brother. Um, it's a little tough, though, when you're in prison, I suppose. It uh, is. And he, did, he went to prison protecting. Right. So he did that. the promise, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but it, unfortunately, it also unraveled for him. Um, you know, do you know what lesson we can take from that? Oh, right? please tell me. So Poe. Never uh, make a promise. No, Poe, oh. po, he, he had he had a plan here. He, he contacted Colin. He said, I have a way that we can get both of our families out of this mess. But then, what happened, Brain? Two hot Asians making out. Oh, jeez. Distracted him. Yeah. Right? Took, the ultimate distraction. Took, took, take your eye off the prize. Took his eye off the ball, and mm-hmm. then, you know, eight minutes later, he's hanging from a tree, dead as hell. Dead as hell. There you go. That's why I'm single. What? Because you were... All right. All right. Anyway, Han then talks to Kai. Uh... A little rooftop sparring, and you got to believe is that a tease of something to come later? Because Russell Wong and the teacher is the mother freaking vanishing son, and he's very good. Uh, so he's there, and uh, now Han once again finds Trish. He could find her <laughs> so easily, so easy. I, I believe he went to the shop and they said, Oh, she's at the park. He said, buying, buying, buying kids ice cream for some apparent reason. Where's that Aaliyah looking girl at? He yeah, probably stole another car to get there, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he goes, has some ice cream with her, but she's not the only one there. Mac and the boys are there playing some football, and we get a little Jet Lee football action. Chad Cruz. This is the, probably the one scene I did remember from the movie. Yeah. After many years of not seeing it. Whew. Where to begin? This football scene is an absolute abomination. <laughs> It's pretty terrible. Uh, the music was great. It makes a it real. Has, it has that like. That actually makes it better when you do the music. Uh, I'll do a redub. I I don't know. It just makes a mockery of a, a physical sport, as we've learned tonight uh, with with the game. This this is a physical sport. It's a sport that you know people get injured, they get hurt, their lives are shortened by playing this sport, and. When you watch this dumbass scene, it just drives me crazy. I tried to have fun with it. I really did brain. And I just, oh, it was bad. Oh, I know. If it, when it comes to fun and action movies, you're all about it. Yeah. You know, there's there's a, a limit to what I can take, right? You know, you have a movie about uh, gang warfare and yeah. uh, the tragedy uh, that goes along with these lives being ruined. And then these guys are just like fucking around playing this stupid football game where they're like basically three stooges shit. You know what I mean? Well, and then when the other guy like is now, now they're not just like, I mean, cause when they attack him, they're kind of like tackling him. They're just being overly aggressive. He's just straight tossing the ball and then punching them in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and no which one is, seems to care. <laughs> which is funny. Yeah. that That's the rules as he knows. If you have the ball, you can be hit is, is basically what they told him. So he- and doesn't he at the end, he goes, Hey, American football. <laughs> Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. American football. Hulk Hogan style. Yeah, brother. 
Uh, so Han then, as he's leaving, gives Trish the address of Poe's apartment. Says, "Hey, reach out when you uh, know what's going on with your brother and Poe." Booty and call, or maybe it was that. I don't, you know. Yeah. Sure. Hey, whatever end you got, man. You know, <laughs> get that number. Get, get the digits. Get them. Yes, Colin. Meanwhile, at his apartment with his lady, he's already got somebody's digits, and she's sitting there, and they're they're uh, relaxing. Perhaps uh, enjoying a, a little smoking action. I don't know if it was legal at that time, but it is legal now. And uh, Colin wants to be respected. He, Colin has got big dreams. He wants to be a gangster just like his dad. He went to college, damn it. He went to college. He's the educated criminal. He's going to be, yeah, he's going to take it to another level. Um, but uh, there's a knock on the door, and next thing we see, both. Colin and his lady are ejected from the high-rise apartment in a very uh, deadly way because you don't survive this way. It's not. Just it wasn't they took the quick they, way down. Yeah, they took the quick way. They weren't evicted or anything. They were thrown out the window. That was a hell of a stunt, though, watching those two fly out of that window. But yeah. if you if you know you're going to land in water, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I'm doing the pencil, <laughs> right? Tight, it was good that they added a splat noise. <laughs> you tighten your butthole and you do the pencil motion. If you listen closely, when I hit the water and mixed in with like the sound of someone hitting water, there's like a weird splat noise. <laughs> it's almost like they thought like, we have to make it clear that they're dead. Like yeah. maybe they may think like, Oh, they fell in the water. So let's just put in some ABR of a splat noise. Yeah. It was so their internal clear. It was their internal organs. They should have right. done an X-ray. Oh, so you yeah. could see their body, oh, been good. Yeah. but then had like a, a freaking uh, uh, long-nosed gar underwater, and it stabbed them right in the heart. Well, you know, water is difficult to work with. That's why it took 42 years for the second Avatar to come out. So yes. um, we've got uh, – what happens next? Oh, yeah, Trish now uh, hears – Trish hears about this, so she runs rushes down to the crime scene. Isaac's already there. Everything she, in Oakland takes place in two square blocks. Exactly. <laughs> she she blames her father. Uh, she hates him. You know, the typical type stuff you would hear. Um, meanwhile, Mac, again, he's, I'm going to find out who did he this. He continues to tell us he will find out who did yeah, this. He is <laughs> like a fifth time still this working. Week. He's got a laundry list of things he's got to be doing. But, but yet he's oh playing football in the park. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. So Han uh, gets back to Poe's place. Uh, somebody else has been there. It's ransacked. He finds he's, Poe's car keys. He's like, that's my gimmick. I'm the one who breaks into places. Exactly. He it finds Poe's car keys. He should have looked for these car keys to begin with because <laughs> then he wouldn't have had to take that cab. Um, but he gets the car keys, goes to the car, and he finds a list of addresses in the walk hidden in the walking stick, along with some drugs, I believe. Um, yeah. But uh, goes back up to the apartment. Trish is there waiting for him. Ooh. And... Uh, and then she tells a story about a sick joke that uh, they played on, that her and Colin played on their mother, which this is another just completely awkward scene right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's so many weird scenes, I guess, and it tells them that Colin's dead. But yeah, there's so many. I, I feel like, I don't know, there's this scene, this movie has 75 scenes in it of just people talking in apartments and in rooms. Uh, and yeah, this is another one that just... You know, we got to move the plot along. And it's not even like there's an abundance of fight scenes. I can almost understand yeah. if there's movies where it's like, 
we just got to get to the next fight scene. Let's just get to the next Jet Li fight scene. There's really not a bunch of them in this movie, at least serious fights. Right. Scenes. And, you know, we've talked about it uh, a dozen times during this podcast history that, you know, the the appreciation of a movie that, you know, show me, don't tell me. And this movie is the exact opposite. It's literally telling us everything without showing us jack shit. It's just like, okay, here's a scene. What's going on? Uh, let me tell you exactly what's happening. <laughs> let me tell you why these characters are important, even though they're not. And yeah, and when he, uh, the thing that got to me was the the list of addresses, but they're like all on different streets. Like, what are you just getting the corner of each? Like, shouldn't it be a long strip of, of like whole blocks of, or maybe th- these are just the single holdouts on each street? Each street has like one holdout. Right. To be it, fair, it did look like in the model, the scale model that's in the apartment, that it's mainly built like out in the waterfront. So maybe they just needed things that were around the edges and they didn't. Yeah. Not like they were like, they were not like they were clearing entire city blocks to drop a stadium in. They must have just needed certain areas for, for their, you know, whatever they were building to put the stadium out in the bay. Well, I think it's stupid. Anyway. It's definitely stupid. <laughs> I think it's a stupid plan. Who are these people going to park? All right, come on. You know, they had to put all those names, different names in there, because those were probably all, like, associate producers and shit. Mm, You're right, Chad Cruz. This is where uh, you buying it on physical media and listening to the commentary would have helped us out. I know. I will not buy this movie. Uh, Which is weird. I could see that you have a case of them at your house by tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Hit up every buy store or every, uh, you know, resale shop. I'm going to go back and get you that VHS copy. There you go. Which is funny, though, because like we keep talking about how much this movie tells us, but there obviously it seems like the grand overall scheme is kind of not clearly laid out and, and not even in like a mysterious way. Like you hear like the stuff about and I don't know if it's because the NFL, they were kind of afraid to drop the word NFL too many times without getting drawn attention to it. But like the whole grand scheme of things and, and isn't clearly fleshed out like the evil white guy at the top of everything isn't kind of clearly defined until way later in the film. So it's weird that they're saying so much and telling us so much, but the actual kind of driving thing that's, that's causing all this disruption is still kind of muddy and not well, well explained. Yeah. Well, yes, you're correct. Ryan Campbell, this is a muddy film. To be sure, because now we get uh, Han and and uh, Trish. They go to one of these places on the, the list. They see nothing but dead people. Um, and then they're attacked by mysterious motorcycle people. I say dudes, but we find out that it's not mm-hmm. a dude, actually. We do get a nice chase scene, which is always a welcome thing in an action movie, as opposed to just 17 scenes of conversations in a row. Uh and then this Chinese woman. Now, this is an interesting scene, Chad, because yeah. Han, being the gentleman. Because she was is, driving the motorcycle. Is that what you're saying? No. Oh, okay. I'm saying that Han will not fight a, a woman. Yes. But yeah. we get some nice choreography here because he uses Trish basically as his as his weapon. Let's her do the, the fighting. Yeah, I, you know, I could think of a few ways to use Trish as well, but okay. this wouldn't have been one of them. She's dead now, um, you idiot. I didn't say Aaliyah, I said Trish. Okay. Move on. What do you got to say? <laughs> hey, clean your fucking ears out, Leah. No, go on. 
I don't know. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. I could use uh, think of a few ways to use Trish uh, sexually. I mean, and uh, thank you. Nobody, is, nobody caught that until <laughs> you just laid it out. This is at least, uh, this is at least something different, right? It's yeah. not like, uh, hey, you know, it's not just him beating somebody up with a football or like, you know, using someone's pulling their pants down so the thong is out. Like, yeah, that was nice, huh? And it actually ends with her dying with the x ray death. So, it like, while I don't think it's a good fight, it's at least different from it's the movie. Different, right. And it has like some sort of like, uh, you know, finality to it. It's not just him beating up Maurice for the 17th time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I appreciate it a little bit. It's one of the rare fights where you do get the idea that they're both parties are trying to gravely injured the other yes <laughs> that isn't like a playful kind of uh situation probably since what well, i guess maybe the the literally when he broke out of prison is maybe the last time we had a fight scene of two people trying to actually you know hurt the other mm-hmm. even at the apartment you kind of felt it was just kind of like hey get back here you hey right, you doing right. here we just want to talk to you kind of thing you know and remember when he was at the hardware store and he was buying the zip ties did he plan on just using them in a fight at some point? I, I, I that's how I took it. Yeah, he should have bought a knife. Yeah, that would be beneficial. Maybe <laughs> thought that would draw too much attention or something. Yeah, not stealing twelve cars. Does he just park those cars outside his dead brother's apartment? Yeah, <laughs> it's just a bunch of cars. Maybe he's never had a car before. He's just like, I'm in America. I want to drive a car. Hell yeah, good for him. Kia boys, man, Kia boys stealing Kias everywhere. That's right. <laughs> Is that still a thing? Oh, dude! I two days ago I was on a. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll do this offline. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Han now goes to it after you know realizing that it was a Chinese killing Chinese. That, that's that's rather disturbing. So he goes to his father, um, and of course he just like, oh well, Isaac probably hired him to cause dissension. And you know what? You know who else is probably involved in all this? That woman you're hanging out with. <laughs> so so that's you know again just stirring the pot then we meet the crab man and the crab man doesn't want to sell his property but mac is there to do some negotiating ryan campbell yeah so um i i don't know i i don't know if i've ever been like bit by a crab or clamped by i don't know what you call it clamped by a crab or something i don't know what you could say it pinched by a crab pinched yeah but something tells me it's not as lethal or dangerous as this movie portrays it to be um right it wasn't like he put his wiener in there yeah he dicks he he dips his 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 head like the top of it and just i think one of them like nips his ear or something and he's like i'll sign the deeds i'll do it because i i could see if a crab was nipping your junk (laughs) that you might be like whatever you need bud just get this crab away from my maybe maybe the implication is that's what was coming next if he didn't uh, yes was that it was gonna get put on his junk he also had a gun to the guy's head remember that oh yeah that might be what what really yeah he had a gun he's like i'm gonna blow your fucking brains out i think that's what did it i think the crab pinching was was uh, I don't know, more ironic because he was mm-hmm. a crabber. He's the crab man, yeah. Imagine what his rent is there as a crabber, or whatever he pays. You know, to have and his. What did he own exactly? Like crab space, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just waterfront. Maybe he owned like the shack that because I mean he's yeah, on his boat. They don't own his boat. What they get? What? Oh yeah, it's, it's probably owns that uh, slot. Is that what they're called? I don't. <laughs> 
slip. Slip. There you go. Slip. Yeah. Slip. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not a boater. That, that sounds right. A slip. He owns that, and he owns that shack, the crab shack. You yeah. gotta have a. If you got crabs, you gotta have a shack. Makes sense. So there you go. Well, he he's doing that, and we find out that uh, now at this point, now Isaac's he gets Trish. He's wrangling her in. He's like, I don't want you hanging out with Han. Uh, and this is where they kind of try to say there's some Romeo and Juliet thing going on, but again, it seems very forced. Do they... there's, there's not a lot of romance. It's like obviously these two are infuting families, so there's that general concept there, but it's not like they're star-crossed lovers. Right. They're actually not feuding. They're actually working together for the same goal. That is uh, also true. <laughs> and what's funny is that if... if Which Han again, had, is why I said it was more friction than an actual war. Yeah. So I don't... It's all... If, if Han had just never shown up, it would have gone just fine, I think. You're right. <laughs> He's the Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. You yes. watch, watch your mouth, Ryan <laughs> You know what they should have said at some point? They'd been like, and what about you and your little Romeo? They could have just had like a line in there. Yeah. I was going to ask that later when we started, when we were closing was, is he ever actually called Romeo in the movie at all? Is that ever? I don't think to? so. I've is it ever said like like he might, as a joke. He might be. And they, they absolutely should have. And they could have been like, you know, and someone, you know, Hey, what's going on down there? Oh, you know, Trisha's guy's here. Romeo, that motherfucker's dead. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like they should have like had something in there. Yeah, that's good, Chad. Just like that. I love it. Excellent. You you could wonderful delivery. You could rework a movie like nobody's business. Um, Thank, you. Thank you. You're welcome. So yeah, uh, she's back in her childhood bedroom, complete with purple rain poster. Uh, and her father desperately basically, you know, he's lost his son now. So he's really like trying to patch things up with his daughter, which makes sense. This is yeah. a sensible portion of the movie. Um, but it's a big day because it's deed day and he's out there talking business. Max got to get the, go to silks, uh, to get this last deed. That's the last deed they need is at the silks casino. So close. And, uh, yeah, that's all we need. And that's about when Han shows up. Sneaks into her window, so security is quite lax at the uh, Isaac <laughs> compound. They're all playing Madden. Yeah, they're all downstairs. Um, so naturally, she's like, hey, I heard they were going to uh, Silk's c Casino, so that's where those two sneak off to. Maurice shows up a day late and a dollar short with some pizza, and uh, that's when he finds out, so he's once again failed at his job. And we get a little Jet Li on the dance floor, Chad Cruz. I know this was your absolute favorite scene in the film. Yeah, it was. I, I did enjoy Maurice. Like, mmm, this pizza. Damn, that's good pizza. Like, yeah. he's like, it made he's me really want to have pizza. It made me Agreed. want to order some pizza. Yeah, Maurice is the MVP right now. But yeah, Trish and Han show up to Silks. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, this is such Backwards a baseball thing. cap. She turns the cat backwards. He yeah. tried some sort of like lingo. I forget yeah. what he said, but it was he says, stupid. I know hip hop. I know hip hop. Like it's so bad. Um, I really feel terrible for Jet Li because, you know, I was a big fan of the Once Upon a Time in China series, and uh, they were so badass. And here he is doing this garbage. But Chad Cruz chose to talk about on this edition of the <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this, okay. 
uh, typically what you do when you're creating and I'm going into my collector phase, my action figure phase. So let's say you're creating a new line for a new show. You don't start with the one everybody wants. You don't start with like the best version of the Han Solo figure or something like that. You do the like Han in Stormtrooper disguise or whatever first because the sheer novelty of being the first time people are going to come to that. And then you then you get the best one later. So we start with just this Jet Li. You don't start with the best Jet Li film right off the bat. That's so. I think so this that's what, that's what you were going for, right, Chad? So this is the Jar Jar Binks. Of exactly. action figures. Okay. Exactly. All right. Uh, I don't buy any of that. Aaliyah's <laughs> Are You Feeling Me is the song they are dancing to, by the way, uh, if anybody's wondering. Uh, Silk spots them on the security cam because, I mean, who wouldn't stop to see Jet Li getting his groove on on the dance Cut the rug. Yeah, cutting the rug. Brings Trish and Han up to his office, and, you know, he's like, you know, I don't know what your dad's why your dad wants to buy my club and she doesn't really know anything about it, but know who does Mac shows up. He knows all about it. And when he hears that silk's not going to sell, he takes care of it. Chad Cruz. He yeah, shoots he sh- him dead. He shoots, shoots him dead. Shoots him. DRT. E-E-D. Dead right there. Rest in peace. DMX. So, uh, Han wakes up. After that incident, apparently he was knocked out. And, uh, now he's got Maurice once again to deal with because that's worked out effectively throughout the film. <laughs> you just keep getting opportunities. That's again, it. like never once in this film do we see like, uh, I guess that's to its benefit. You know, typically in movies we see like early on in the in the film we see the henchman that gets offed for failing, and that kind of sets the tone that oh yeah, you can't you don't want to mess with this boss. We never get that. He just keeps, he's a good, he's a good boss. He just keeps giving everybody chances. He's, just he's trying little, to go straight. Yeah. He's supposed to get these kids off the street. You know? And again, Mac is the only serious person in this entire movie. He just mm-hmm. shot a guy. Yeah. In cold like, blood. Just dead. Boom. For dead. a deed. For a deed. All over a deed. I'm, I'm not sure it's legally binding. I mean, if he did sign it after he's dead. Yeah. He's like, I'll sign it for you. He should have just done sure that in the first need, place. Like, notaries. You need notaries and all kinds of other documents. <laughs> you know, this is just like Monopoly. You just grab them. You got them now. You got the deed. Um, Maurice says he'll, if Maurice lets Han go, um, Han will let Maurice live. And, and Maurice just kind of laughs it off. But then here's here's really Chad Cruz's favorite scene, folks. I, I, I kid <sighs> earlier, but moments later. Maurice and the boys are tasting Jet Li's fire hose. Mm, yeah, they really are. And, you know, I, I again, it's different, right? It's a different scene. It's a different action, action sequence that incorporates part of the environment in a way that the others don't. And I at least applaud him for that. Uh, Han does grab the, uh, the uh, hose and unleashes some water on these guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure they have guns, but yep. uh, I guess this works. So it's different until a guy finally like hit, chops it with a fucking axe. Yeah, which was awesome. That was cool. But then he just like drops the axe and goes about getting punched in the face. So well, yeah, axes are only good for cutting off hoses. Yeah, apparently. So yeah, again, another shit sequence that. It's just it sad. It still feels like it's not really. The stakes don't feel high. I don't know. This yeah. is the entire movie. The stakes never really feel high in this movie. I probably watch. Still feel like the guys aren't really trying to hurt them. Like, 
but I think they are. I think that's the way the movie's depicting it, but it just doesn't feel, still feels like they're just kind of playing around with them. I probably watched Jet Li's, Jet Li's uh, Fist of Legend 35 times. And then you watch that movie and then you watch this and it makes you want to just puke. Great, great choice to have us <laughs> cover here on the first episode of the Bulletproof Podcast in 2023. It's going to be a good year. This is going to be the year of the Bulletproof Podcast, folks. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, then Maurice tries to dump Han out the window, but he grabs his tie so they both end up on top of a car, but they survive. And uh, Mo has given up where Trish is, so... That is exactly where our good friend Han is going to go. We then see Chu getting his payoff, $38 million. That's a pretty big big money deal. It's Chu not bad. Is, you know, I mean, it's not bad. It's a, You murdered a bunch of people for it. but Yeah. I mean, but he's a gangster. He's used to doing such yeah, but he a killed thing. his own he, son. Well, he's a son of a bitch. Uh, so true. he's used to doing these types of things. Um, so Mac and Chu, we kind of basically feel... Mac has more been working with Chu than he's been working with his own boss, it almost feels like at this point. They want to control the streets. They don't have these big grand plans because we are about to find out that Isaac doesn't want the money. He wants to be the first black NFL owner. He wants in the owner's box. He wants to go legit. And Mac is not happy with that, Chad Cruz. No, he's not. Uh, You know, Mac... His intentions were to get this deal, get more money, get paid, get cheddar, as some people might say. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> indeed. Um, but uh, but Mac, you know, he wants money is power and power is control. And he wants to control as much as he can. But Isaac he wants to relinquish control and be an owner. Just be a, a lowly guy getting paid, you know. And I, it, this is this movie is ahead of its time in certain aspects. Uh, I think that whoever wrote this film, I don't want to read his name. It's literally one click away, but I don't want to click it. Um, but I don't want to do that. So <laughs> the guy who wrote this movie, maybe he had some sort of inside information. Because if I think back to uh, real life for a moment, uh, Patriots owner Robert Kraft got in trouble a few years back for uh, getting jacked off in a an Asian massage parlor. Yeah. Okay. He is an NFL owner. He was had connections within Asian uh, sex trafficking organization, criminal organization, gangs. Mm-hmm. Maybe all this is Robert Kraft. Maybe oh, this guy here is Robert Kraft. That's what I'm saying. I'm making the connections. I don't know about that, but I will say this. A few years ago, the Oakland Raiders moved to Las Vegas. Yes. Since they've done that and built that big new stadium in Las Vegas, their the evaluation of their team is now reported to be worth five point one billion dollars. With so a B, taking it with a B. So taking an ownership stake in the early two thousands in a pro football team and keeping it, and you know, if you'd still let's theoretically say he would have still been on the Raiders' ownership when they moved to Las Vegas, that would have been a pretty smart business decision. Right. Speaking of gambling, right? Gambling is now sports gambling is now legal here in the state of Ohio. If you didn't know, uh, if you didn't already know that, um, including parlays, including the parlays, and there there might have been uh, an option to bet on whether or not we would talk about Robert Kraft getting jacked off on this podcast episode, and the odds would have been very very high that we would not 
talk about that, but we have in fact talked about it. You could have parlayed that into a hell of a 2023 for yourselves, people. You could have made $38 million on that one bet. Mm-hmm. They bought a pro football team. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In Canada. Hey. Which is where this movie was filmed, by the way. Ooh, take oh, that. Good tidbit. Yes. That's Chad Cruz. He's master of the tidbits. Um, <laughs> Mac admits to killing Colin at this point, which now sets Isaac off, which would make sense. You killed my son, you son of a bitch. So he goes after him, ends up getting shot for his trouble. So he's lying there, practically dead on the floor. Roth, you know, he's just this business guy, this little business weasel. He is not into all this guns and all that. So he's scared shitless. He scoops up all the deeds and uh, tries to escape via helicopter as most people do. Uh, but Max right on his trail. Uh, the deeds go flying. He won't, the pilot's like, I'm not going down to pick up your fucking deeds. We're getting the hell out of here. So Max on the rooftop. And that's when Han shows up. And Mac tells him that it was the Chinese that killed Poe. Mm. What a revelation. Wow. Yeah. If, if, if Han hadn't put it together by now, then it's really on him. Yeah. Yeah. Did you put it together, Chad? I was putting so many things together by now. I bet so many things. I bet you were. I feel like this may be where he says Romeo. He may call him Romeo on this rooftop before he's about to kill him. But Trish shows up and kills Mac instead. Um, so Trish now, after we've got rid of Mac, but now Han obviously has to go confront the people that killed his brother. Trish stays with, uh, Isaac waiting for the ambulance and we get heroes. We get, get, uh, Han going to Kai and, uh, we get that, we get the big martial arts battle that we probably should have had way more of these throughout the entire movie. There's fire involved, Chad Cruz. Yeah, that's great. I mean, this movie does do certain things well, and, and they, they do change up the environment. Uh, the the main action sequences all kind of, like, feel different. Um, you know, some of them have fire. Some of them have fire hoses. Some of them have footballs. Yeah. Uh, but they're all a little bit different from one another, which is a good thing. Um, I think that... Uh, the idea that, you know, that Han is fighting Kai at this point, you're like, okay, well, you know, obviously we knew this was going to happen. Uh, Kai has only been in what, three scenes in the entire film. That's horrible. When you and got Russell no- Wong, you need to have him in the, on the movie. Right. And, and the movie starts so differently. The beginning of the movie, we've got this great sequence where they're fighting in this club and Kai's beating the shit out of people. We've got Asian girls making out, which is phenomenal. Uh, we've got so many things at, in the first five minutes of the movie. DMX is, uh, is, is just a bad actor, but he's in that booth and you think he's going to be a bigger part of the film, but he's not, he's like gone the rest of the movie. So the first five minutes of this movie, it felt like you had something there and then it just goes away. And then every once in a while you get like a hint of something, but it's just, it's just shitty. So I, yeah, the sequence kind of helps, but Again, it's so heavily edited, and it's just like, uh, it's hard to watch as a company. It definitely thing. seems like they were like, it was more made just to bank on the popularity of Aaliyah and Jet Li. Yes. And, and then a, mil- a movie was somewhat built around that. 
Yeah, Canon would have done it better. I could tell you that right now. Um, yes, Chad. No? I agree. I 100% agree. And I, I think that, actually, I think Aaliyah does a, a fine job. I think she's good in it. I think she's yeah. okay. Um, and I, it, it's hard to find a lot of great things to say about the movie. I mean, I hate to say it, but Jet Li's character is probably the weakest link in the movie. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't feel like any of the Kung Fu related things that he does were things that your average Kung Fu actor couldn't do. Like there really wasn't something in there that you're like, only Jet Li can do that. You know? You, it seemed, you, you might be right, Ryan. And, and, and Brian, you talked about this earlier. Uh, the, the, the recent rise of Jackie Chan Yep. And how he kind of opened that door to more Chinese actors coming over and making action films and being successful. And I, I definitely think that's that's there. I think it's present. And I think even that in itself, I think that this film would play better with Jackie Chan in the lead role. I don't mean in a, in a romantic way, but I mean it in like, if you think about the action comedy that's present in this movie, pretty yep. much every sequence, especially with the ones with Maurice and the boys and... And, and Jet Li in general, like he's escaping using very Jackie Chan esque, uh, like means. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, yeah. Good point. It doesn't even, feel like even it. The, still though, every Jackie Chan movie seemed to have like almost like a Tom Cruise movie is now that one big stunt or that right. one yes. big thing. Whether it's like Fallen in Rush Hour when he comes down on the thing, or or some just insane thing that he broke his arm or pulled his out of his socket doing like something like that. And that, you're like, no one else can do that. that you're only going to get that in a, in a you know, um, Jackie Chan movie. And there's just nothing like that here. And I I feel like some of the sequences too, uh, the, the action scenes, you know, you've got uh, this thing happening in this environment. Then we're like, okay, we're, we're going to use, I'm going to use Aaliyah to punch this girl because I don't want to hit a woman. Okay, that's different. That's cool. That was probably somebody's idea. And it probably wasn't scripted. I don't know if it was or not, but. Someone had the idea and they went with it and it, I think it works. Okay. And then maybe the fire hose was, or wasn't scripted. I don't know, but it's like, there's certain things where in, in a Jackie Chan movie, you're like, okay, Jackie, what do you want to do in this action sequence? And he would come up with some crazy ass shit. And then that would be like, you know, you watch a lot of his early movies. They're not like really good movies, but the action sequences are so phenomenal that they're memorable. So, and, and this movie, the action sequences are not phenomenal. Hence, I did not remember this movie. Yeah, and and we get a an ending which is kind of uh, some would say anticlimactic as well, where you know Han confronts his father. His father puts a gun out on the desk. Is like you know, do what you got to do. And Han's like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill you. So Chu just kills himself, and that's the end. We're done. Just kind of there. <laughs> kind of like, kind of like the whole movie was just kind of there. Again, this movie selected by Chad Cruz for our first <laughs> we episode make sure that that is of twenty twenty three. This movie was a Chad Cruz idea. So, Chad, your final Romeo Must Die thoughts. I know you had something to say about the name of this movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I totally thought that we were gonna watch the other one, the one with Mark DeCasco. So I I'm sorry for that. Um, 
Yeah, Romeo Must Die as a title, I think, is absolute dog shit. I think it's, or at least for this film, I think it's a cool title. I just think it doesn't fit this movie. I think that the uh, when you say it's a, Ro- a Romeo and Juliet kind of situation, that tells me that there's some sort of ro- romantic right. like connection between the characters. And this movie does not have that. There's some flirtation, and and ninety eight percent of any connection whatsoever is from Aaliyah, not from Jet Li. He that's just not his forte. That's not what he does. So it, it doesn't fit his character. It doesn't fit him as an actor. And the movie itself, I think, struggles because of that. Because you're like, why the hell is this guy like fucking so infatuated with this girl? Yeah. Like, what, why what's even? Happening? Yeah, why even tease it being romantic if you, the guy who's the lead can't do it? Right. And, and they, they share this like super awkward hug at the end of the movie. <laughs> and, and supposedly there, I think the shit. It's been a long time, but I I felt like there was an uh, alternate sequence or an alternate ending where they kissed. Mm. Uh, I have an, an unique uh, kind of observation about that. Bear with me here. So this was early 2000s, and Aaliyah was kind of being pitched much in that Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera role. And what we expected from those kind of childhood stars or young adult stars or whatever was very much like purity. They were all supposed to, you know, there's obviously there's anyone knows about the way that people handled Britney Spears and treated her and how unfair expectations that were put on her and things like that. So part of me wonders if some of the way that she's handled in this movie, if nothing else is, is a reflection of kind of uh, they didn't want her to come off or be showing her thong or doing sex scenes or, you know, it was meant to be wholesome because that was kind of the image that the, that young actresses were supposed to give off in the early two thousands. Chad Cruz wanted her to show off her thong though. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of thong showing. Um, we saw a guy in his thong earlier. And he liked did. that. So you can imagine what it would have been if he saw Leah. You know, at least, you know, at least the guy had a moment. You know, he had his moment. <laughs> the other guys that got beat up, I don't remember them. At least he right, was the You thong remember guy. Thong Man, right? You uh, remember Thong and, Man and Crab Guy. And Ryan, Ryan could be right. I don't, I don't know. I don't. Uh, Aaliyah, she, uh, she was fine. She wasn't great. She wasn't terrible. I think that the movie around her was bad and then that no performance. You could have had Meryl Streep playing that character and I'd have been like, movie's <laughs> still shitty. That would have been an interesting uh, I would have loved Meryl Streep and Jet Lee romance. That's what yeah. I'm that's what I'm pushing for. Well, maybe we'll get it. Maybe we will get it. Um yeah. So there you go. Romeo must die. Not cradle to the grave. <laughs> This is Romeo Must Die, which is what we talked about on this episode of the Bulletproof Podcast. Perhaps we will make good and talk about Cradle to the Grave in the coming weeks here on this very podcast. But right now we are going to take a break and then we will come back to wrap things up. Chris the Brain, Chad Cruz, and Ryan Campbell with you and... Again, I mentioned it earlier, but you could follow us on social media at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter and at Bulletproof Action on Facebook and Instagram. And guys, earlier I gave us the top 10 posts on uh, BulletproofAction.com. Would you like to hear what the top 10 podcasts of last year was? I most certainly would. Was I on any of them? We'll, We'll find out. Chad Cruz, are you ready? I can't wait. Okay, number 10 was Independence Day, which dropped on Independence Day. Oh, shit. 
So brilliant. Was that my idea? That was your idea. Thought so. I got to get them back here. I got to get a couple back. You got one? Yeah. <laughs> Number nine was a big one. It was the Punisher Super Show. I was on that one. That was, everybody was on that, that was one. was all of us. That was also my idea too. That was. Number, yeah. number eight. This was a Ryan Campbell episode. John Wick. John Wick. John Wick number four coming out in just a few months now. I'm very excited. Number seven. What a mega sode this was because it was special guests. Paul London talking showdown with you and I, Chad Cruz. That was a that was a very unique episode of the podcast. And we're going to definitely try to get uh, PL back for some more here in 2023. Then number six. This one is a very interesting episode because it is the only episode in the history of the show that Chad Cruz did not appear on. Masters of the Universe. Me and the Toy Man covered that one. That one hurt a little bit. Yeah. But, you know. Schedule. How I feel about not being on the Independence Day one. Yeah. Yeah. It, Ouch. Right. Send a list, man. Send a list of things you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And make sure they're the actual movie you want to talk about before you send me the list. <laughs> Double check it. Uh, number five, I think you were on this one too, Ryan Campbell. It was Predator. I was. Classic. And then what about when Chad Law stopped by to talk Avenging Force? Number four on the list. That was another good one. That was a fun, a lot of, lot of information there. It was fun. Absolutely. And then this one really impressive because this is one of our more recent episodes and it was number three for the year it did quite well it was our tribute to albert pune when we talked about kickboxer 2 the road back with the toy man christy petrillo that's an absolute toy man movie you know there are certain movies where like okay that's a that's a ryan movie that was a toy man movie for sure absolutely and then number two austin trunick joined us to talk chuck norris the Canon Countdown. So Chuck Norris made both top tens, both on the website version and the podcast version of his Canon Countdown. I bet. I'm surprised he's not number one with both of them, though. But, you know. Right. And then number one, Big Trouble in Little China. That was that just was, me and you, Chad, I believe. That was in 2022. Yeah. That felt like we did that five years ago. Well, this episode feels like it's about five years long to me <laughs> because I realized I wasn't even supposed to be watching this movie, and it's upsetting <laughs> to me that I did. Uh, so, yeah, we'll we'll try to get to Cradle to the Grave and maybe some other Jet Lees in the future, but I know what we're doing next time, Chad. I feel like I am owed a better Jet Li movie. You are, and you will definitely be invited back for whenever we right. do reconvene uh, on Mr. Jet Li. And I... Yeah. I asked Ryan before we started, I said, how many Jet Li movies do you think you've seen? Because I was worried that this one might like sway him in the wrong direction. Yeah. Because I, I think it's bad. And... I did mention, though, that, yeah, I told him that probably about five. And they were all, though, around this time. So like in that early 2000s, uh, you know, Kung Fu Renaissance, bring them to America era. So, yeah, I might need to see some other. Trust you guys to give me some good recommendations. Bring me back. Yeah. Yeah, you can trust Chad. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a good point. Absolutely. 
All right. Well, next time right here on the Bulletproof Podcast, the toy man, Christy Petrillo, will be back with us because we're going to be talking about the A-Team and celebrating 40 years of it since its premiere on NBC. Uh, I'm very much looking for We've never done a, a TV show. I'm gl- I hope others are too, Ryan Campbell. Uh, we've never done a TV show before, Chad, so this will be something different for us. I've it's watched sh- many episodes of A-Team with you, Brain. That would be a good one. To Absolutely. To it's definitely going to be different. Um, and it's going to be something as well. Yeah, it will be something, and it will be different, and it will be our <laughs> next episode right here on the Bulletproof Podcast. Any final things you want to say? Any New Year's resolutions you'd like to share, gentlemen? Hmm, that's a good question. Do you have I a good answer? To, I, no, I, I'm trying to think of something more related to the website than just saying something like I'm going to go to the gym or something. But um, yeah, I think we should try to do some more video content if I was going to be honest, maybe thinking of more from the website perspective. Mm-hmm. I think I say that every year. Mm-hmm. Well, Maybe less. Maybe don't need to be like highly produced stuff, just more like, you know, just getting out in front of the people. I know you like to do that, Ryan Campbell. Chad Cruz, what are you going to do? Are you going to resolve to pick better movies going forward? Uh, No, that will not be a resolution of mine. Uh, I don't think that's necessary. Uh, I don't know, man. I, you know, I don't, I don't do the resolution thing. It's just another day. Today's the second, right? Today's the second. As we're recording, it is the second. The only thing. Yeah. So uh, the library was closed today. That kind of pissed me off a little bit, but other than that, just another day. Just another day, just another year here at the Bulletproof Podcast. I want to thank everybody for checking us out. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 